are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Norris. And I am your co-host, Taylor Thomas. Thank you all for joining us. This is episode two of season seven. Taylor, a lot of big action happened this week. Looking at the week in review, what really stood out to me was the tie in the East-West Challenge. We had a tie, 9-9, nine nine, East and West, both won nine games out of the 18. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a little bit of inclement weather um, down there in Arizona. Uh, first of all, it was great action all throughout. I mean, pitching kind of dominated the whole show uh, with multiple guys taking no-hitters deep into games. Um, Darian Smith, Jay Kiner, um, two members of the all-tournament team that we'll get into later on there. Um, but a tie, too, and kind of what you kind of expected early on in the season. I mean, pitching pitching heavy, I would say, but also quite a bit of offensive offensive prowess out there from from all the teams that were competing out there. Um, Avi Maria looked good. Southeastern, obviously, being our team of the week, um, going undefeated. Uh, their Hope International um, getting a few wins under their belt. It was a really good action of baseball to kind of kick, kick the season off and um, get into what we have in store here coming in this week. It it's kind of sets the table here. Yeah, you know, looking at our week in review here from the previous week, the East-West definitely stood out amongst the rest. It obviously was our big series of the week. And like you mentioned, the all-tournament team, I would very much like to read off the names from the all-tournament team selected for the East-West Challenge. So starting it off, we have starting pitcher from Hope International, Chaz McWilliams, who had 13 strikeouts in his appearance. And then, of course, um, the second pitcher on our list is on the all-tournament team is, of course, Southeastern right-hander Darian Smith, who took a no-hitter uh, through seven innings against Hope International later on that day, uh, 10 strikeouts, a great performance by Darian yet again. Next player selected to the East-West Challenge all-tournament team was starting pitcher from Vanguard, Jake Heiner. And the next starting pitcher we have would be uh, from the University of St. Thomas, uh, Daniel Iglesias. Picking it off, another Southeastern name here, Southeastern catcher David Castillo selected to the all-tournament team. And from Arizona Christian, utility man uh, Trey Tarver also selected to the all-tournament team. First baseman from the LCSE Warriors, Charlie Updegrave, has been selected as well. Another first baseman, yet again from Southeastern, of course, uh, that would be Gary Laura of Southeastern, the first baseman. Making the first of two appearances for Ave Maria, starting off with infielder Tanner Kelly. And also once a, one of two appearances for Tennessee Wesleyan Bulldogs and infielder Marco Martinez. The other appearance from Ave Maria would be outfielder Francesco Barbieri. And the final appearance uh, from Southeastern on the all-tournament team would be outfielder Josh Smith. Lastly, but certainly not least, rounding out the East-West Challenge all-tournament team is going to be catcher from Tennessee Wesleyan University, Braxton Turner. So that wraps up the East-West Challenge all-tournament team. If you missed it on social media, we got you covered right here. Pretty good list of names here, I'd say, Taylor. Definitely guys who definitely showed out during the games at the East-West Challenge. Yeah, no question. Um, some ones that really kind of stood out to me were um, Francesco Barberi um, of Ave Maria, the, the outfielder. He also did... Uh, quite a bit on the defensive side along um, with bringing the bat out to Arizona uh, outfield assist robbed the home run also uh, really showed out and Ave Maria is a, a team like we had mentioned kind of last week in that Sun Conference where you have you know your your Southeastern at the top Weber St. Thomas the list goes on and on but Ave Maria being a yet another young team and highlighted by guys like Francesco who are having a great week if they can continue that I mean look out for a team like this later on here in the season. And then going back to some namestays, uh, Charlie Updegrave, 
uh, Gary Laura. These are guys that have been on our all NAI goal team, NAI All-Americans, uh, just multiple times, true offensive greats and why these teams are so highly ranked every year. It was a great to see all the talent on display yet again out there in Arizona. You know, like you said, Ave Maria, definitely going to be a team to watch. Definitely a team we will be discussing more later on in the show. And and like you said, Charlie Updegrave and Gary Laura, you know, probably amongst the top list of names for top tier talent as best as it can get within the NAI. Looking at some other games that we had mentioned in episode one for games to look out for. This one's going to take us down to Chickasha, Oklahoma, where the Drovers of USAO swept the three-game series over the Bulldogs and McPherson. Taylor, I'll kick this one off. Tough go-around for McPherson. Couldn't really quite get it going. believe they had a lead for a little bit there in game three, hoping to squeak out a one-win there. Couldn't hang on. USAO ultimately put it to him. Yeah, USAO really looked good um, to open up the, the season there in week two after coming off of uh, a really good opening showing at Our Lady of the Lake, coming in to face a really good McPherson squad. Um, that's receiving votes in the poll. And um, like you said, they kind of took it to him. That third game um, did get pretty tight there. But, I mean, with with bats returning in the lineup for USAO, like like Peyton McDowell and um, Chris Martinez, uh, newcomer on the mound, Brian Aru, has looked good uh, the first two weekends. He's kind of taken over that ace role, if you will, on a USAO program that is really prides themselves in pitching over the course of the last decade, really, if you follow NAI baseball. Um, the offense here – with those two, I mean that's going to be that's going to be a really dynamic duo here in the Sooner Athletic Conference and throughout the country. And um, if that's like Martinez and and McDowell can continue to perform, I mean this USAO team could um, could really have repeat performances like this offensively, um, putting up some big runs there early on in the season. It was a, it was a really impressive showing by the Drovers. Yeah, there was really no telling how far this team can go. They did add a couple key pieces. One of them being a former McPherson Bulldog and outfielder Gage Ninnis, who is now hitting leadoff for them, and he's having himself quite the start of the year. You know, former teammate of mine, Gage, I don't expect anything less than to be right at the top of the lineup, getting on base, setting up the rest of the lineup for guys like McDowell and Martinez. Like you said, I think they're definitely going to be a team to look out for the remainder of the year. Going back on what I said earlier, I believe I misspoke. I believe it was game two in which McPherson held a lead for a few innings there before ultimately losing it. But, you know, there are a lot of new names in this McPherson lineup that we are not yet quite accustomed to. The one who provided the most offensive output for the Bulldogs was going to be out was outfielder Kevin Castillo, who I believe he hit three home runs over the three-game set, providing most of their offense that weekend. Yeah, Castillo, yeah, again, the returner. I mean, uh, with the Bulldogs squad coming off of a successful successful year in 2023 um, has been kind of the main, like you said, and, and looked really good and really impressive over uh, against what is, a, as we saw a really good USAO staff um, coming into the cage in this weekend, obviously we'll get in, uh, we'll get to see more of both of these teams uh, hopefully live and uh, kind of see what talent they bring to the plate. But um, like you mentioned with, with Nines too, it's a guy that I, I played summer ball against a lot uh, growing up here in Oklahoma too. a uh, really good bat, really good key add to the lineup by coach Tyler Hankins. And um, like we mentioned with that kind of really good top of the lineup there from one through four, I mean, the, the drovers, if they can continue this pace, um, they should be a team that we're looking down here in May um, and possibly competing for a SAC conference title yet again. Definitely a threat to compete for that SAC conference title. You know, another game we had highlighted Taylor games, I should say 
with Shreveport. Cause I know we had mentioned last week how they were going to be looking to bounce back. And I think they did just that this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a tough, a tough opening weekend there for Shreveport and coach Neffendorf uh, losing to, to, to Mackey there and, uh, or excuse me, splitting with Mackey over that opening weekend, but coming back and what was a, a great little triple header there with uh, the 23rd rate Ryan Hart Ingles and then, and then Tabor out of Kansas. Uh, Shreveport, obviously, in that game one, took down Reinhardt five to four on the Trevor Burkhart walk-off home run. I mean, uh, it was an electric video, and you really – it's hard to find atmospheres like that in, in, in early February baseball, for sure. Burkhart's a returner from what's been a perennial power, and, I mean, he's he's leading that offense so far in that game. And then coming back uh, against Reinhardt there to uh, finish it off six to two, um, Dreven Siegel looked really good, nine strikeouts. And then, of course, uh, picking up a 6-1 to one victory over Tabor. Um, LSU Shreveport, like we had thought, came in very, very upset and with a mission on their mind this weekend to kind of get back on track. And they definitely did so. I mean, they, they kind of dominated this weekend and look for the pilots to be back on track here and to keep things rolling as the season goes on. Yeah, Shreveport definitely looked like they got over that hump that they suffered in their first matchup. And, you know, speaking of which, Another team that played down there that kind of caught my eye was the Blue Jays at a Tabor. Yes, they did lose to Shreveport 6-1, to one, but they kind of really put it to Reinhardt in that game against them. Yeah, absolutely. 11-7 to seven, uh, victory for the Blue Jays there. Um, Coach Sandiford always has done an incredible, incredible job there uh, with a great program over his time. And coming in, and that's a really good, really good victory early on. Um, obviously, like you said, you lose to Shreveport. Um, but getting a ranked victory early on in the season, that's only going to help you down the road. And uh, 11 to 7, I mean, 11 runs put up on a Reinhardt squad um, that has competed very, very well in the AAC. Uh, that's a really impressive win for, for the Blue Jays. And we'll see if they can take that momentum um, onto the season, onto, you know, KC, KCAC play. Yeah, that Blue Jays squad, just looking in outside the top 25 poll, the official top 25 poll, receiving votes, you know, hoping that, a ranked win like that can get them into that top 25, which is something they are no stranger to over the last couple of years or so. Moving on, I believe another game we had highlighted this weekend. Everybody here at NAI Ball was excited for this one, just based off of their first week performances. We had touched on it earlier, this team. Mid-America Christian taking on University of Houston, Victoria. We were all very excited for this game, but ultimately it was the Jaguars of UHV coming out on top. Yeah, Houston Victoria impressed yet again um, here in what was a really, really good MACU team coming in down to Houston with a lot of momentum there uh, after, like we said, beating Shreveport there in that opening weekend. And uh, Julian Garcia really stands out. I mean, the uh, complete game, one run with six strikeouts uh, in that victory there. And then obviously offensively, Hal Perez really stood out too as well. It's a name that we had highlighted also, uh, 400 over the, the four-game set there. Houston Victoria, that last game got close there. It was a one-run victory. Uh, Mackey uh, did get that one run there in the top of the seventh, and Houston Victoria was able to close the door. Um, and the Jaguars, like you had said, man, uh, incredible, incredible start. 4-0 and for the first time in a long time last week, and, of course, dropping that one game over over the weekend here. It's what is a really good Mackey squad here in the Sooner Athletic Conference. Um, Houston Victoria is riding a lot of momentum here in non-conference, and uh, we'll see if they can continue that as as time goes on, as they get into you know Red River Athletic Conference play, taking on the the Shreveports and the Alexandrias and the Southwest of the world. Um, but for right now, uh, with guys like Garcia and Perez offensively, I mean this this team's 
really, really hot early on in the season. And let's see if they can continue that. Yeah, Houston Victoria has quickly become a very fun team to watch. Speaking of perennial powerhouses, like we had touched on with Shreveport earlier, one that has been a perennial powerhouse for recent years, looking to get back up there, Oklahoma City, as they took on Clark this weekend. Yeah, and Oklahoma City gets another sweep of Clark. First 6-0 start since 2019. That 2019 squad was a very, very good squad, I can attest to myself. Um, but, yeah, Trent Kearley over the weekend, the, the returning returning bat, two homers. I mean, he's he's one of the best hitters, in, not only in the Sooner, but in the country. More of the underrated side, I'd say, as Oklahoma City kind of was a younger squad last year. They're still a bit of a young squad, um, but not, you know, you're – 50 to 55 wins threatening for like, like they had been under uh, Denny Craybaugh, of course, but, but Keith Lyle taking over the helm and what is obviously a very tough situation there. He's got this young squad rolling early on with, with the sweeps over LSU Alexandria and and now Clark here, Uh, not only Trent Kearley, but Reese Ratchford out the bullpen um, on the mound. The the Wichita state state transfer last year caught a few games for him. Also, they used him out the pin. He looked really good in that victory, three shutout innings with six strikeouts. And, uh, I mean, Andrew Limbaugh, the big lefty. I mean, this is a really, really good team, man. And offensively with guys like Kearley and, and Noah Kang and Darian Duhon, who had a good opening weekend uh, against LSU Alexandria, this this team, if they can continue this this pace here and um, just build that chemistry over time, this we could be looking to see this Oklahoma City team, quote, unquote, back, if you will. Yeah, Oklahoma City is definitely looking to establish themselves again among the NAI's finest. Speaking of the NEI's finest, Georgia Gwinnett absolutely dominating this weekend, outscoring Rust and Midway over four games by 53-5. to five. Yeah, putting up 22 runs um, in two of your four games. That should spell a lot of success for, for Coach Sheet and the gang down there in, in, in Lawrenceville. I mean, this was a really, really impressive opening weekend. They did have a, a bit of a close game there with uh, Midway squad that is receiving votes, but overall, man, I mean, Chalk it up. I mean, fifty-three to five over four games. I mean, that's that's super impressive. AJ Sipkowski, Blazo Sabin, and the list goes on and on and on offensively and on the mound too. Um, it's it's a great program over there for a reason. Perennial power. Um, look to see them threaten yet again to uh, return trip to Lewiston um, with a bit of bad taste in their mouth and opening up the season. I mean, you could tell this this squad was was very very focused on the task at hand and, and just took care of business each game and. I mean, looking for a yet another great year by the Grizzlies. Georgia Gwinnett definitely looked like the Georgia Gwinnett team that we all have learned to, to love and know. Definitely looking like another powerhouse team that's going to be tough to deal with this year. When you have guys like A.J. Shipkowski putting on performances, as we're accustomed to, going to be a tough team to beat. Speaking of performances put on, we have quite a few of shout-outs and mentions from this last week of action. Kicking things off here, I would like to start by shouting out Northwestern Ohio coach Corey Hartman. Co- coach Hartman collected his 400th career win in their victory over Indiana University Southeast. And then our next performer is uh, Sterling College out of Kansas, the utility man Dustin Chartrand over the weekend against Randall University, seven for 10, with six runs scored, seven RBIs, and hit for a cycle in game two as uh, Sterling opens up the season undefeated. Heading for the cycle is always awesome to see. Shout out, big shout out, Dustin Chartrand, hitting for the cycle. Probably won't see that too often this year. 
staying down in Sterling, Kansas, starting pitcher David Lira going five innings, allowing one hit, no runs, and striking out 14 against that Randall squad. And Freed Harbin outfielder Jordan Carter over the weekend, five for 11 with nine RBIs, two doubles, a triple, two homers, and 15 total bases, and a stolen base um, in the uh, four-game sweep of Theodore Turbo. Going down to Kentucky here to Georgetown, starting pitcher Trevor Baker throws eight innings, only allows four hits, no runs, and strikes out 10 versus Shawnee State. Staying with Georgetown, uh, infielder Josh Duarte hit 667 over the weekend, six hits, four doubles, four stolen bases against Shawnee State. The two-way man from Arizona Christian, Trey Tarver, this weekend he went six for 13, scoring five runs, tallying six RBIs, hitting two home runs, a double, and a triple, all of this against number seven Bellevue, number 15 Ave Maria, and number six Tennessee Wesleyan, but it does not stop there. Trey Tarver also collected 1.1 innings pitched and two strikeouts versus the six-ranked Bulldogs of Tennessee Wesleyan. Our Lady of the Lake starting pitcher Devin Benvietis with a complete game, one hit, one run with five strikeouts against a very, very good offense in Wayland Baptist. Shout out to Devin Benvietis. Uh, great pitching performance there. One of the big standouts from the Houston Victoria Mac U series would be the Houston Victoria's Jaguars catcher Hal Perez, who hit 400 over four games, tallying four RBIs and two home runs. Shout out Hal Perez there from UHV. Staying with the Jaguars, too, of course, we mentioned earlier Julian Garcia with a complete game, uh, one run performance in the victory against Mac U with six strikeouts. And down to McPherson College, we mentioned him earlier, outfielder Kevin Castillo. Kevin went four for 11 hitting three home runs and collecting six RBIs in that three-game series loss to the receiving votes drovers of USAO. And staying with alma maters here, Southwestern Christian starting pitcher Mozart Duarte, the lefty, uh, four innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, only two hits and no runs given up in the victory against Dallas Christian. Again for Southwestern Christian, the infielder Dario Paredes going seven for 13 with a double, three home runs, six RBIs, and scoring five of those runs against Dallas Christian College. Staying in the Sooner yet again, uh, University of Science and Arts infielder Christopher Martinez hit five for 10 with two doubles, two homers, six RBIs, scored five runs in that sweep of McPherson College. Down in Tennessee for Cumberland University, infielder Tim Hoyuk, 11 for 17 with a home run, a double, and five RBIs versus the number 12th ranked Weber International Warriors. Going over to Bryan College, we have infielder Bryson Lofton. Uh, 7 for 13, two homers, a double, three RBIs, and four runs scored versus the University of Northern Ohio and IU Southeast over the weekend. And last but certainly not least, we mentioned him earlier, the outfielder from Ave Maria, Francesco Barbieri. Francesco went 6 for 14, hitting a double, three home runs, collecting six RBIs and scoring five runs against number 17, Vanguard, receiving votes Arizona Christian, and number 11, HIU. Taylor, definitely a lot of solid performances around the nation this this week. A lot of names to shout out. Shout out to everybody on our shout outs and mentions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great showing of talent, like we mentioned earlier with the East West and, and overall just throughout the country with all those names. There's some great standout performances. We had a cycle. I mean, um, we've had a, we had a no hitter this week also that we're about to get into. Uh, great, great performances overall. Which, Taylor, that does bring us to our NAI ball. Hitter, pitcher, and team of the week brought to you by Play in Sports. All of our Player of the Week awards for the 2024 season are brought to you by our friends over at Play in Sports. 
They offer fantastic, seamless event management software that programs around the nation trust. Check them out today for your camp or team needs at www.playinsports.com or on X. You can hit them with a follow at PlayInSportsUSA today. That is www.playinsports.com. Kicking things off here, NAI Ball Hitter of the Week goes to none other than Darwin Gregg out of Bryan College in Tennessee. Darwin went 5-for-12, collecting 9 RBIs, a double, 4 home runs, and scoring 7 runs versus University of Northwestern Ohio and Indiana University Southeast. Yeah, great performance by Darwin Gregg. Gregg offensively get into our pitcher. Um, Bear with me here, folks. But we have Dietrich Gersten of Missouri Valley. He threw the no-hitter against St. Mary's in Kansas with eight strikeouts. A no-hitter early on in the year. I mean, uh, shout-out to Dietrich in Missouri Valley. I mean, what a great performance. Last but not least, our NAI Ball Team of the Week goes to none other than the Fire from Southeastern. The Fire went 3-0 and in the East-West Challenge with an 11-4 win versus the number 19th-ranked Ben U. Mesa Redhawks. A 9-1 to win over Hope International, number 11. And finally, capping it off with a 10-3 to victory over the number three-ranked Warriors of LC State. Yeah, so like you said, I mean, 3-0 out there in the great competition there in the East-West Challenge, wrapping things up with that that victory against LC State, you know, the rematch of the, uh, the 2022 national title, and really put it on, I mean, 6 to nothing early on there in the second inning. The fire looked the part of the number one team, that is for sure. And with that game, too, I mean, Lex Garcia looked good. Rob Adams came in after him. Colby Martin, Reese Wissinger. Uh, not not Reese's best performance to his standards, I would say, um, but his standards are also very, very high, uh, given the fact that he only gave up four runs last year. Uh, Southeastern looked the part, and that's a big reason why they're a team of the week yet again. There were a lot of candidates for team of the week for this week, but what really stood out to me was how the Southeastern just absolutely dismantled all teams that are in the top 25. That really stood out to me. It was very impressive to watch that Southeastern team do what we all know that they are accustomed to do, taking out top 25 teams with relative ease. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's hard to be hitting on all cylinders as a team early on, as as we all know here, being, being former baseball players ourselves. Um, but to see the team and the, the way they work this weekend, I mean, it was really, really impressive. I mean, Darian Smith, like we mentioned, uh, took that no-hitter through seven innings against a real good Hope International squad. And then getting back to the, the Lewis and Clark game, I mean, it was it was Southeastern's game from the time the first pitch was thrown. I mean, you you could tell. And they, they really took it to him. I mean, really, really impressive performance by the fire. Once again, the pitching staff looked really, really good. See if they can continue that into the season here with with arms like Adams, Garcia. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, and that East-West Challenge was just loaded with top 25 competition. And, you know, speaking about top 25 competition, Taylor, we had we have a brand-new NAI Ball media poll for this week. The 2024 NAI Ball media poll is presented by the experts in netting solutions for every purpose. That's right. It's Netting Pros, the leaders in custom netting. Support those that support the brand, so you need to stop what you're doing right now and head on over to www.nettingpros.com. Then after that, give them a follow on X at Netting Pros and then do it again on Instagram at 
netting pros check out netting pros today taylor not so much not a whole lot of movement here in the top four but we had quite a bit of movement in our top 25 media poll after four so let's go ahead we're going to go ahead and run through these teams here our, our nai ball media top 25 kicking things off here at number one no surprise here southeastern at number one right behind them we have the grizzlies of georgia gwinnett at two Coming in at three, Warriors of LC State. At number four, we have the Pilots of LSU Shreveport. At number five, this is one we're going to get into here in a minute, Taylor. The Warriors of Weber International jumping up five spots to number five. At number six, we have William Carey. Number seven, Cumberland's Kentucky. Number eight, Missouri Baptist. Number nine, the Bulldogs of Tennessee Wesleyan. Ten, the Coyotes of Kansas Wesleyan. 11 is Bellevue, followed by Vanguard at 12. 13 is Hope International. 14, in comes Ave Maria, jumping up five spots in this week's poll. Central Methodist coming in at 15. Texas Westland at 16. We have St. Thomas jumping up eight spots to number 17. Indiana Westland will remain at 18. Freed Hardeman who was previously unranked in our media poll, comes in at 19. Taylor out of Indiana drops 11 spots in the rankings to number 20. Another previously unranked team coming in at 21, we have Faulkner. Number 22 goes to Point Park. 23, Concordia of Ann Arbor. 24, Benu Mesa. And finally, rounding out our NAI Ball media poll top 25, dropping down 13 spots, we have Mid-America Nazarene. Taylor, a lot of movement, obviously, this week. What are some teams that surprised you in these rankings? Um, we can kind of start off with the best conference in the country, and that would be the Sun Conference. You mentioned it. Number five, Weber International, up five spots. 4-0 uh, and over the weekend over Cumberland out of Tennessee, who's receiving votes, and, of course, uh, Cross Lake rival Warner uh, in the Royals. Weber International looked really, really good this weekend. I mean, Seth LaBelle. Looked really good. Three and a third, seven Ks. Blaine Huter looked good on the mound. Ty Milliner, the lefty, with two homers. It was a really, really impressive performance overall by Weber. Uh, Coach Colin Martin has this squad geared up and ready to go and, and compete and improve on what was an even better step for this program in, in 2023 here. Uh, and now in 2024, I mean, with this team, like we said, with Lavelle, Huter, Milliner, I mean, the Ryan Riccio looked good, the newcomer over there at first base. Weber moving up five spots and getting four big wins early on. The Warriors, they're ranked fifth for a reason. And I, I kind of expect them to stay up here in the top 10 all throughout the year. This is a really, really good team that's knocking on the doorstep. Speaking of the Sun Conference, Ave Maria jumping up, like I said, five spots with wins over number 17 Vanguard and receiving votes Arizona Christian all at the East-West Challenge. Yeah, we mentioned them earlier, but um, Francesco Barbieri, I mean, a really, really pretty swing from the left side. And Ave Maria, like we had mentioned a little bit with Weber, um, younger younger team here, but uh, Ave Maria, they're not going to sneak up on people anymore, I feel like, um, especially after this showing here. It was a really great, um, impressive performance uh, by this squad. That's the reason why they're up five spots. And kind of staying into the Sun Conference, too, like we had mentioned, uh, St. Thomas jumping up eight spots after defeating Montreat, of course, uh, three games to one in that opening week, and then going two and two in the East-West. They had a close loss to Lewis and Clark. Um, but also came back and, and beat the 19th-ranked venue Mesa Redhawks and then Arizona Christian, the host site out there. 
St. Thomas looked really, really good. Juan Pollo yet again on the mound, uh, the righty, he looked really, really impressive um, with some really good stuff on the fastball there. Uh, St. Thomas, yet again, a mainstay here in the NAI and a mainstay here in this poll. Really impressive weekend uh, from the Bobcats. One of the two teams that was unranked in our previous poll that has now jumped into our rankings, Freed Hardeman coming in at 19. Freed Hardeman starting out 4-0 after a clean sweep of Viterbo. Taylor, they outscored Viterbo 37-13. to It definitely sounds like that this Freed Hardeman squad is going to put on offensive fireworks every week. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an offensive program, really, if you look back. I mean, we go back to, to names like like Josh Shears. I mean, the the, the three-time All-American. I mean, that was that was truly one of the best hitters in the country. And I mean, this this program hasn't really slowed down much offensively here. Yet again, in the in our top twenty-five poll here at nineteen, coming in at nineteen, this this Lions squad is looking to gear up and really bring it two teams and put a hurt on pitching staffs all throughout the season. A great jump and a great start. I mean, 37 to 13 over four games. That's that's pretty good averages. I'm not very good at math, but that's pretty good offense, if you ask me. And then I think one that was to be expected after a tough week one was Taylor dropping down from number nine all the way down to number 20 after they lost a four games, after they lost three games in a four-game series to Ottawa of Arizona. Yeah, Taylor, the Trojans, a little bit of a disappointing opening weekend there, of course. Um, we're going to have to drop them down here as they really didn't look the part um, that we were accustomed to from the squad. But uh, I, I really wouldn't look into it too much, as as they say it is early on. I mean, we can't really get too high and too low here. Um, but we'll see if the Trojans can rebound. I, I believe that they will. I believe uh, Coach Gold and his staff can can get this team back on track here quickly. And what's going to be a, a tough season is, like we mentioned, the uh, a mainstay here in the NEI, they're not going to sneak up on anyone by any means. They're going to get everyone's best shot, and that's what we saw uh, against that unranked Ottawa-Arizona squad who really took it to them. It was a really impressive win. And our, our, the final standout, like we had said, uh, Mid-America Nazarene uh, down 13 spots, a team that back been to the World Series last year and uh, losing a losing two of three games uh, to, to Mission University. It's a uh, it was a tough loss, but uh, once again, I, I do believe that Mid-America Nazarene isn't really going to be defined by this week, and you kind of chalk that up to the game of baseball, if you will. I think they'll be right back here in, in what is a tough heart conference, of course, with the Central Methodists of the world. Um, but Mid-America Nazarene, uh, they're going to come in, much like I mentioned last week with Shreveport. They're going to come in with a mission here this weekend, and let's see if they can get things back on track here quickly. And that will round out our second poll for the NAI Ball media poll. Top 25, if you missed last week, or maybe you just haven't heard yet, this voting is voted on 11 different voters scattered throughout the entire nation, ultimately to eliminate any regional bias. Shout out to our voters helping us make this thing happen. And, you know, speaking of, we had mentioned Indiana Wesleyan staying right at right at 18, where they are, where they were in our week one poll. They will be opening up their season this weekend, looking up at games to possibly look out for this weekend. Indiana Westland opens up their season at Cumberland, Tennessee, who is receiving votes. Yeah, and this is going to be a really intriguing matchup. Like we had said, a lot of intriguing matchups that we're going to get into here. But uh, but this one here with, with Indiana Wesleyan taking on Cumberland, Tennessee, like, like we had said earlier, Cumberland, Tennessee is going to come in with a bit of a mission in mind here as they – they dropped those games down against Weber. 
Um, but coming in against another ranked squad, Indiana Wesleyan coming off of that that World Series appearance last year, uh, we'll see if they can kind of keep things rolling here and keep this positive momentum to start uh, 2024 against a really good uh, Cumberland squad. You know, I'm excited to see this Indiana Wesleyan squad get in action. They are obviously held in high regard coming in at number 14 in the official NAI poll and number 18 in the NAI of all media poll. So I, I'm definitely intrigued on how they are going to open their season. Hopefully they obviously have high expectations for this year and we'll see how they handle that. And another, another team that will be opening up their season this weekend is going to be the number eighth ranked officially Cumberland's University in Kentucky opening up against a number 23 ranked Reinhardt squad who is looking to bounce back from a tough weekend down in Shreveport. Yeah, once again, another great matchup there. Um, in the Southeast Rumble uh, put on by Reinhardt, Cumberland's the uh, the Patriots out of Kentucky under Coach Brad Shelton. The uh, the first World Series appearance in school history last year, uh, returning bats uh, like Charlie Meanies, uh, that's going to help your offense a lot. And this is going to be a really, really good test early on against a Reinhardt squad that didn't have the showing if they wanted to down in Shreveport. And they can jump right back on track here and get a top 10 win here to open off the season. So this is going to be a really, really highly contested matchup. And I'm very excited to see this take place. I think this will be a really good game. You obviously have Ryan Hart looking to bounce back from their week one struggles. And Cumberland's looking to open and open up their season on the right track. This next matchup we have, Taylor, was one we were blessed with last year. And boy, did it deliver. We have the Eagles of Oklahoma Westland traveling down to Lakeland, Florida to take on the number one ranked fire of Southeastern. This series last year, Taylor, was a must watch, and I'm hoping to see much of the same for it this year. Yeah, absolutely. Last year we saw uh, arms like Kellen Brothers emerge nationally against against the fire, and um, we'll see if Oklahoma Wesleyan can, can do much of the same here yet again under, under Coach Kurt Kelly. Um, going down to Lakeland, like you mentioned, against the number one team in the country, they can really, really make a statement. Southeastern's going to get everyone's best shot. We all know this. and But Southeastern has also been able to handle everyone's best shot up to this point. Like we mentioned, going 3-0 and there in the East-West. It's going to be a really, really good matchup of, of great pitching on both sides, great offenses, uh, really, really good series to watch out for. I mean, Oklahoma Wesleyan in the World Series back in 21. Southeastern, of course, we know about them, uh, perennial World Series contenders. It's going to be a heck of a matchup down there in Lakeland, and I'm yet again excited to see something like this so early on in February in the season. Absolutely. Oklahoma Wesleyan gave them a run for their money last year on the back of, like you said, Kellen Brothers. A great performance from Kellen Brothers in last year's series. Unfortunately, it sounds like the Eagles will have to do without him this time around, but definitely a game you need to be on the lookout for this weekend. Another game we have slated and marked and tabbed it's going to be Doan receiving votes. Doan Tigers opening up their season against the Cougars of Columbia, also receiving votes. This is going to be a two-game series. I believe it is a mini tournament down there in Columbia, and these two teams will match up twice. Yeah, yet another good matchup of, of two teams knocking on the door of the top 25. Uh, Doan, the, the Tigers have been a really, really good offensive team the last few years. Uh, Columbia, much of the same with, with guys like you know, Caden Nicoletto, the, the freshman last year, uh, who's who's back yet again. Uh, the Cougars uh, are, are going to be a really, really good squad yet again. We all know this. And uh, like we had said, knocking the, dot, the, the door of the top 25, excuse me, uh, it's going to be a real good statement to, to open up the season for both of these squads. 
and they could jump right into the top 25 after we look up at this time next week after this these two get this two game set yeah i could definitely see either one of these teams making that jump into the top 25 moving on we have a battle in arizona with the number 19 ranked venue may so red hawks taking on the receiving votes arizona christian yeah battle for the uh the state of arizona if you will uh venue mesa and arizona christian uh two teams that have really really impressed over the last few years out of the state of arizona there uh, of course venue mesa under a new coach did some good things there in the east west too going up against some really really good squads same there with arizona christian too uh marquis titiale i mean He's been a he was a really good bat last year when we saw Arizona Christian go to Lakeland in the East West and he's back yet again. This is going to be a really great matchup. I'm I'm sure these two teams know each other quite well and I'm sure it's going to be some high intensity baseball. Taylor, this next matchup I have written down here is I think one that jumps out the most to me, with the exception of Oakwu and Southeastern. But Bellevue, number seven ranked Bellevue Bruins, going up against Oklahoma City in two games. Bellevue, obviously a little bit of a rough start there in the East-West Challenge, and you have a surging Oklahoma City team. What do we think about this game? This is, uh, this is yet again, this is a game that if, if, if we weren't at the Cajun, I would, I would much would probably be that uh, as it's, you know, 15 minutes down the road for me here. Uh, Bellevue, the, the two-time World Series appearances under head coach Dwayne Monlux. I mean, you had a great coaching matchup here too with, with Monlux and, and Keith Lytle. Uh, but these two squads are are perennial powers for for a reason. And coming in, if if OCU can can win this series, uh, this is going to be yet another statement win uh, for the young stars squad as they come in six and zero. Like we had said, first time since twenty nineteen. If they can continue this here and take it to uh, the seventh ranked Bruins, I mean, look out! The, the stars can do. The stars are going to be primed for a really really good run if they can win this series. Absolutely. Bellevue looking to get back on the right track and Oklahoma City looking to bust into that top 25. Speaking of teams that are looking to get back on track, Taylor, number nine, Taylor, the Trojans have two games up here against top 25 competition, one against being one of them being against the Eagles of Reinhardt, number 23 ranked and the number ranked number eight ranked Cumberlands. Yeah, like we had said, a, a team that gets everybody's best shot, as we saw with Ottawa, Arizona, winning that series. Taylor's going to come in focused into the Southeast Rumble here, but uh, it's not going to be any light competition by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you're the number eight ranked Patriots out of Cumberland and, and then Reinhardt, too. Uh, two teams that we have known to compete highly at this level over the last few years. Uh, Cumberland and, and Taylor, two World Series teams. Reinhardt, yet again, in the top 25. It's going to be a really, really tough test for this Taylor squad, and um, I believe that they will bounce back, uh, but it's it's not going to come easy by any stretch of the imagination. This is going to be a really good weekend down there in Georgia. Absolutely. Taylor obviously looking to bounce back, hoping to do just that. That will be our week two games and series to watch and look out for, which, Taylor, that brings us to none other than the NAI Ball Big Series of the Week, which is – Brought to you by the Show Me Collegiate League. Big Series of the Week is now sponsored by the Show Me Collegiate League based out of Southwest Missouri. We are proud to have them join us for the season and encourage you to check them out on X at Show Me League. That's at S-H-O Me League on X today. Big Series of the Week, Taylor. None other than the Cajun Collision going down in Sterlington, Louisiana. I will note, however, there is a possible schedule realignment 
happening due to inclement weather expected to hit Sterlington on Saturday. So please, listeners, stay tuned for more information on this. We are hoping to have an updated schedule released to you on X by the time you listen to this. Yeah, and getting into the to the matchups here, I mean, we have quite the slate this weekend. The Cajun is is the premier NAI baseball tournament in the country. And I mean, with teams, you know, like host LSU Shreveport uh, coming in at number five, Mobile at 18. I mean, we can go on and on and on. There's going to be a lot of talent, a lot of um, preseason NAI ball, all NAI ball members, and a, a lot of what will probably be future World Series uh, teams as we look up here in May. Uh, getting things kicked off on Thursday night, uh, the matchup that really stand, the two that really stand out to me, I would say, uh, would be LSU Shreveport against the 18th rate Mobile Rams. Uh, last year, as you know, before the Cajun, uh, Mobile upset Shreveport, and that kind of put us on notice for that Rams Rams team last year with with guys like Tucker Musgrove that ended up getting drafted. Um, but Shreveport is they're they're definitely going to remember that matchup. There, that's no doubt about it. And um, kicking things off under the lights there, that's going to be a really good matchup yet again. And then um, a, another matchup would be uh, Texas Wesleyan against Central Methodist. Uh, Coach Robert Garza against Nate Breland. Uh, two teams in our NAI ball media poll that were 15th and 16th and coming in in the, the NAI poll at t- number 21 and 22. Uh, Central Methodist, the Eagles, and the Rams at Texas Wesleyan. Yet again, all of these matchups are great, but those two highlighted, those. that's going to be a really, really fun Thursday night. Yeah, you know, you have your classic 21 versus 22 matchup there. Both teams that are on paper very evenly matched, so that just has the makings for a great, great game. And like you said, Shreveport and Mobile. Mobile obviously upsetting Shreveport last year, looking to do the same again. And we are absolutely blessed to have that kick off the tournament. Cajun Collision is currently slated for Thursday through Sunday. Now, like I previously stated, that might change. A lot of good games this weekend. Like you said, Taylor, the premier tournament in NAI baseball. The Cajun Collision is always just a good way to get an input or an outlook on how a team's going to perform in the season because there is no easy competition down here. I can speak for myself on that. Being in the Cajun the past two seasons at McPherson, always best of the best competition down there. You can really put your squad to the test and really see what it takes to be a top contender at the NAI level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going up against the best of the best early on and you, you find out what your team is made of very early, early on in the season um, with, you know, matchups like we had mentioned 21 and 22 and then, then Shreveport mobile mobile yet again with another tough matchup later on uh, against the 10th ranked Missouri Baptist Spartans. Uh, Missouri Baptist obviously going down to William and Carey and, and getting that that victory against the fourth-ranked Crusaders there. That was a really, really, really big win uh, for the Spartans, and they're going to take that momentum down here this weekend going up against a really good Mobile squad. Uh, St. Thomas and Freed Hardman, yet another standout game. Uh, St. Thomas to Bobcats, perennial power, Freed Hardman, perennial power. You can't ask for much more when two Blue Bloods are going at it early on in February, that's for sure. Um, those two... Yet again, on that that full that full day there, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun day of baseball. Yeah, St. Thomas and Freed Hardeman, I think, is definitely gonna be one of my, the games I will be tuning into while we are there at the Cajun. St. Thomas, obviously, off to a hot start, and then you obviously have the hot bats of Freed Hardeman going up against St. Thomas. So that is definitely one I will be watching right there in Sterlington, Louisiana. 
And of course, on the Saturday slate, we have um, the, the Grizzlies of Georgia Gwinnett. We can't talk about this tournament without talking about the second-ranked Grizzlies um, going up against Missouri Baptist. The Grizzlies have a really, really tough go here. Uh, a real gauntlet, if you will. I mean, starting off with, with Central Methodists, I mean, that's going to be a really, really fun matchup. As we know, Central Methodist is obviously the national runner-up there to Georgia Gwinnett a few years back. Um, and then as the Grizzlies go on throughout, uh, they take on Missouri Baptist, the 10th-ranked Spartans, like we said, defeating William and Carey can get another top five win here against the Grizzlies. That's going to be a really, really fun one. And I know Coach Sheets and, and the bunch are going to be ready to go. He's going to have that squad ready. Um, but they're going to get tested really, really early on. I know I know he likes that, and I know that we like that as far as the competition standpoint goes. That, those two are going to be really, really fun matchups. And then, of course, uh, USAO and Loyola uh, later on there. Two teams receiving votes, knocking on the door. We mentioned USAO early on in the episode. Really impressive. And Loyola, again, under Coach Jeremy Kennedy. That's going to be a really, really fun matchup yet again. Yeah, Gwinnett definitely, like you said, has a gauntlet, and they're always a fun team to watch. And it'll be really interesting to see how they stand up to this test they have in front of them down there in Sterlington. USAO looking to bust into the top 25, and I think with a good showing this weekend, they might be able to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. And like we had mentioned with, uh, with Georgia Gwinnett, I mean, the gauntlet continues. Sunday, uh, hopefully on Sunday, if you will, uh, we have what could be the game of the entire Cajun collision here, and that is Georgia Gwinnett against LSU Shreveport, the host team. Number five versus number two. Uh, these are two top five teams, two World Series teams uh, every year. I mean, Georgia Gwinnett winning the championship in 21. Shreveport uh, missing out on the World Series last year, but um, in 2022, of course, going with under the arms of, of Bobby Bass and, and Kevin Miranda. Uh, this this matchup is really all you want right here. I mean, it's it's, it's the equivalent to Southeastern and Lewis and Clark. It really is. And early on in the season, it's hard to find something like this anywhere else but the Cajun collision. Yeah, and, you know, Taylor, speaking of Shreveport and Georgia Gwinnett, I believe looking at the schedule currently as is, this is the only game where two highly ranked teams will be facing off against each other. Yeah, and that's going to be that's going to be some high-level baseball for sure. I mean, if you, if you want to watch just two superstar talented teams going at it, you, you're going to need to watch this game. It's going to be high level. It's it's going to be high intense. I know these two teams are have bigger things on their mind, but um, don't think that this matchup is is just another game to them. It's it's going to be really really intense. And I personally, I can't wait to see it. I am very excited to get down to the Cajun. And currently, we are slated for I believe forty two games as of right now. But like I mentioned, and I will mention for a third time, there is possible schedule realignment. We hope to have that news out to you very shortly. But I believe, Taylor, we are currently slated for 42 games from Thursday to sat Thursday to Sunday, excuse me, all of which to be top-notch competition. Yeah, I can't wait for it. It's something that we've talked about all year, really, um, as we, we get into the Cajun yet again. It's, it's truly the one of the best weekends of NAIA baseball all year, I mean, aside from the World Series of course, but really anywhere uh, collegially, if you look, you have these big matchups at all levels. But this one right here, it has to be one of, if not the best one at any level of college baseball as we sit on February 6th here. Yep, we are now two days away from opening night at the Cajun. I, for one, cannot wait to get down there. I will be getting in just ahead of the Thursday night game, so I will be able to 
catch all the games. The only games I will be missing will be the Sunday games, unfortunately. But I believe you guys will be there ahead of me. Taylor, as I believe you and Connor will be driving down there, making quite the haul to get down there. But, hey, Cajun is not something you want to miss. No, it's a seven-hour trip for me and Connor here from Oklahoma. But um, it's a seven-hour trip that I think I can speak for him, too, that we we would do again and again and again. I mean, this is high-level baseball. It's what you want. Really, as fans, I mean, you can come down here and, and you can you can see some of the best talent all in all of America at the NAI level, and that's going to be at this tournament here at the Cajun. We can't wait for it. I, I've been we've been talking about it really all like for the last 365 days. Honestly, it's it's finally here, and and I'm ready to see it. Yeah, it's almost surreal that we are this close from the Cajun. It feels like just. Ages ago, we were actually planning this entire trip out and what it was going to look like, and now it's finally here. Uh, it's going to be quite the weekend for us here. We will be providing coverage all day throughout all the games, giving you live updates, video updates, anything you possibly will need. And, Taylor, there are rumblings. I will say rumblings. We will see about potentially going live from the cage. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I know you are. Um, like you said, stay up to date on all of our socials here. Um, follow the Cajun Collision at Cajun Collision, both on, on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to have all the, the score updates, big plays, highlights, things of that nature all weekend long, both on NAI Ball and at the Cajun Collision, both on X and Instagram. So make sure you're following along on our socials and uh, stay up to date with us as, as we br- bring you yet again another great weekend of baseball. Yes, please do follow the Cajun Collision x account as we will be posting a lot of the major updates videos highlights on that twitter page as well as nai ball on x big weekend in line stored up for us and sore for us couldn't be more excited that will do it for episode two of nai ball podcast the next time you hear from us we will be well the next time you hear from us on our socials we will be down in sterlington louisiana covering the cajun hoping to go live so we hope to see everybody in our lives as we are down there in louisiana but the next time you hear us on this show we will be recapping the cajun and looking ahead as i believe some teams will be getting into conference play very shortly very important games there do not forget to follow us on x at nai ball on x that's at nai ball you can follow myself on x at tnor46 you can catch taylor follow taylor on x at underscore taylor thomas 14 thank you everybody for joining in do not miss out on the cajun collision this weekend we will see y'all next time have a great day and a better tomorrow